Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of Pewter Report Podcast. Energized by Celsius, I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. Along with me today for this wonderful Tuesday edition of the Pewter Report Podcast is the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Matthew Matera. Matt, what is up? How are you, sir? Are you ready to rock this podcast out with me? Yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll. I feel pretty good. What's up with you, John Boy? How you doing? I'm doing well. Wow, I'm just a little New York accent got yeah. in there. That came. That caught me by surprise. So <laughs> I'm doing even better now after that. Um, no, I'm ready for this podcast, man. I'm also ready for preseason action. I love being down at Bucks training camp. I love every time I've covered a team or been able to be a part of watching practices, even Senior Bowl, whatever. I love that part of the process. But there comes a time where like you've had so much practice and. We just need to see a game, man. Like it's it's time to watch them against other competition. We're going to get ample opportunity to do that coming up because Saturday the Bucks play the Bengals uh, in Tampa Bay for the first preseason game. Then the week after that, the Titans come to town for some uh, joint practices between yes. the two teams. That should be very very exciting. That might even be better than the game if we're being totally yeah. honest. The, the oh, competition yeah. that we'll see with that will probably be even more exciting, which is... Yeah. Yeah. And they're a good team. I mean, they're a solid team. Obviously, defensively, they've had their struggles in recent years, but that's a solid football team, and, and they feel like they've made some moves, obviously. Julio Jones will be around, and so yep. it'll be a familiar face uh, there for Tampa Bay Bucks players. But no, I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks. I mean, it's going to be just a fun time. We've got this today's practice to talk about, though, and lots of observations there, including... One absent starter uh, who is just kind of added to the injury routine that we'll talk about today. Some ferocious one-on-ones today that I can't wait to share some inside stories uh, with the fans on today's show as well. going to be fun to talk about those one-on-ones that went down today. We also saw good performances by a number of, of the Bucks skill position players. We'll talk about those and some of the struggling DBs finally stepped up and made a few plays today. So lots to get to, Matt. I'm sure I forgot some things. And it's all brought to everyone by our friends over at Celsius. I'm drinking the Wildberry, sparkling Wildberry. What do you got? This ki- oh, I kiwi got the guava. sparkling kiwi guava. Yeah. yeah, I have not had that in a while. And seeing it, seeing you post, uh, you show that makes reminds me. But if for those who don't know, man, Celsius, it's essential energy, the powers and actives, active lives every day. Um, it's, it accelerates your metabolism. It burns body fat. There's no sugar in it. Uh, there's unbelievable flavor and taste in Celsius, but no sugar. It feels like a cheat code and it probably is, but Celsius has cracked the code, man. And they figured out how to make these energy drinks, not only take out a lot of this bad, the bad stuff that's in other energy drinks, but there's no drop off either. You don't get that drop off that you get with other energy drinks. So it's unbelievable. And they've also dipped now into the protein bars market as well with fat they produce fast protein bars and if you go to the link on this youtube podcast and you click on the link down there you can order yourself a box uh from amazon the white chocolate cookies and cream or the caramel peanut crunch both are unbelievable i actually go back and forth between whether which one i like more because i'm just Mm. so surprised that they've there's been a protein bar created that tastes actually really good um and they've sustained me through training camp as well so definitely check out celsius check out that link below and you can get in on all that stuff and check out the banner ads on pewterreport.com on cell of celsius so you can order yourself some celsius today speaking of celsius matt uh it seemed like well actually let's talk about before we talk about the energized bu- or bunny at today's practice and 
and why that uh, mattered for today's showing. Um, let's talk about uh, Jordan Whitehead. Um, not he left practice early on Monday, and I I right. texted the group chat to kind of because Scott and I were down at practice, and I texted Scott in the group chat yesterday, and I was just like, "Hey, did Jordan Whitehead finish practice? I don't remember seeing him there in the last team series, and uh, it's easy to miss stuff, but I, I didn't remember seeing him." And then. It was today we saw that obviously as we got there that he was out of today's practice. After practice, Bruce Arians wouldn't say why. He said, we'll just see. We'll see. That's all he would say. And so the speculation has officially begun as to what's the story is with Jordan Whitehead. Yeah, and we were trying to search today. We saw him out. He was out there with his fellow teammates, but he obviously wasn't in pads or anything like that. And you and I were both looking. We were like, oh, like, is there something on his leg? Like, what's going on here? And we realized his, his pants were just rolled up a little bit. So it wasn't like he was wearing a leg brace or anything like that. It's interesting to see. I mean, he missed a couple days of practice, but that was because of having COVID and everything like that. Right. It wasn't necessarily anything from his, uh, his off-season shoulder surgery. I had to say that slowly because it's a lot of S's right there to really get into the mix. So, yeah, when he was coming back, it had nothing really to do with this injury. He obviously mm -hmm. rehabbed it in the off-season. I think what is not necessarily scary, but what makes you really want to stay in tune to this is – so. With Coach Arians, you kind of get two different sides of, of things when he answers injuries. Because sometimes he'll right away yes. be like, oh, yeah, he's got like a bit of a hamstring or he's got yes. this. And it's like, he'll be okay. Or, you know, he'll be day to day. We'll probably sit him for a week and then he'll come back. But then also to start this training camp, the first day he was like, listen, I'm not answering anything about injuries. And at the time there was like Antonio Brown, OJ Howard, like all these guys that were out. But he was, again, very, as you said, like very secretive and, and close to the vest with Whitehead just saying, we'll see. So when you say something like that, it makes you think like if he was just coming back tomorrow, Arians would most likely just be like, oh, yeah, he's coming back tomorrow. It's the same thing with with Levante David, where he's like, yeah, Levante David doesn't need to practice like he's a long time veteran. You know, yeah. we just want to make sure he's healthy for the season. But I think the fact that he didn't reveal any of that information causes some yeah just more a little more I, I completely let's stay agree. in tune let's stay in tune with that more exactly, than just yeah. oh yeah like we'll see right if it's a no big deal he says it's no big deal if he believes it's no big deal he could end up being wrong and the doctors come back and tell him something later but if at that moment in time he believes it's no big deal arians pretty much always acts like it's no big deal and dismisses things real quick the fact that he does the only time arians doesn't say anything is when he knows he's got to keep it like Loki, like he's got to, like, there's not an if and or but about it. Like you're not in position to say anything yet. And there's a chance that it could be not great. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't know what's going on with Jordan Whitehead. He's having a great camp. I did not see the injury. I'm frustrated with myself that I did not see the injury yesterday. I mean, there's obviously a lot going on. I, like I said, I noticed that he was out and that Edwards was in with the first team. Um, I, I just didn't see what happened. What, you know, if it happened in seven on seven or when it ended, right. when it ended up happening, did not see him get banged up. And so we'll see. I mean, it's, he was asked specifically, I think you must have just said this. He's not specifically if it was the shoulder and he said, was, we'll see. Again. Yeah. He's kind of like, we'll see. So he didn't say it, it wasn't the shoulder, you know? And again, I think Arians, if it wasn't the shoulder, he would have probably said, no, no, not the shoulder. We'll just have to see. And that's, but Maybe I don't know. I all all that to say, I don't want to speculate too much because uh, it is a person's health. But we will have our eyes peeled for Jordan Whitehead. I can't believe I'm saying this, but 
because at the beginning of last year, I kind of said, I think he might be the worst guy in their secondary. And then last year at some points, he was the best guy in their secondary. I mean, maybe other than Carlton Davis, but he really did play well last year, especially down the stretch. I was great in the postseason, uh, played through injuries, a tough guy. He's not somebody you'd like, you'd want to be without. Having said that, he doesn't need any of this time in the preseason. So hopefully it's something that at least by the regular season, he can come back for, but it does. We did get the vibe today. I think if we got the vibe that Mm. might not be something that we like, we're not going to see him on Saturday. I bet. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, I think it came as a bit of a surprise that we're going to see like any of these starters in the game, but obviously that was big news the other day, but uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, Whitehead is an important guy to this defense. He is a player that sets the tone, especially in the run game when he drives up and, hits at someone like a heat-seeking missile. I mean, you mm-hmm. go back to the NFC Championship game when he forced that fumble on Aaron Jones. Right. I mean, granted, the Bucks already had the lead at halftime, but they came out and they, you know, came out firing again. And it was Whitehead who made, like, one of those plays. Obviously, people look at, like, Devin White, but I think you also got to consider Jordan Whitehead as one of those guys that can, at a, you know, at a drop of the hat, can mm-hmm. really affect the mood of the defense because of his physical style of play. The other interesting thing about this, and I don't want to get too far down this path until we know what white it is. So I'll just say for people to kind of be watching for on Saturday, if Whitehead were to miss time, they're really Edwards, Winfield, and Cockrell all more free safeties. And by the way, Tom Bucks fan says, is Cockrell challenging for safety? I don't know if he's challenging for safety or if he's just providing depth at multiple positions, but one of those positions is absolutely free safety. Now, how he would play around the line of scrimmage in the run game as a tackler. Right. I mean, he is severely undersized. Yeah, that we haven't seen as much either, just with what they've been asking him to do. And again, training camp is tends to be more slanted towards passing plays and and pass coverage to begin with. But yeah, I mean, as great as Cockrell has been, and he has been Mm. great, like he's been fantastic in this training camp. We've talked about him till we're blue in the face. Right. We don't exactly know what to expect from him in run coverage. It's not what he's been asked to do. And understandably so. He's a corner. You're not really Mm. a well. Corner now moving to safety. You don't yeah. normally ask for a corner to be like your number one run stopping guy. It's a little different, obviously, when you're a and safety this, and they right. could move you. The fills are different. The amount of yeah. aggressiveness coming downhill, you know, but also the space you play in. You know, nickel, you almost have a gap at free safety. You're kind of like last line of defense, and you have to yeah. fill off a bunch of other players. So there's a processing part of it, an angles part of it, and then the finishing part of it. When you're small, like Cockrell is in the open field, not easy as, as well. So there's a lot of layers to it. We just need to see more from Cockrell to know. But it, it, it brings us down that, okay, will Winfield then kind of switch roles a little bit to play more of what Whitehead did if, if, if Whitehead's the guy that's out? And does Edwards and Cockrell kind of handle free safety? or Because I think he's Winfield's better suited to do what Whitehead does than, than Edwards or Cockrell are. And those guys can do what Winfield does. So that's how I would play it. But we heard Winfield the other day. Yeah, almost you all asked practice. Yeah, I asked him straight up, are you going to play more positions this year? Then he was like, no, nah, it's probably just going to be free safety. It looks like that'll probably be mostly where I'll be at. Not that he won't ever rotate down and right. blitz. He will. He will do those. And he did one today, actually. He beat Fournette on a blitz off the edge today. I was but. about to say, he had a sack today. And we, we saw it last season mm-hmm. as well that Winfield is very comfortable being up at the line of scrimmage, attacking the quarterback, and being that aggressor that the defense could use from a player back there at safety. So I definitely think you could see more of that. And again, this is all speculation with what's Mm -hmm. going on with Whitehead, but that's definitely something that we really could see. I mean, I think Winfield was already a guy that um, I would say is an 
X factor only because he could take like a good defense and make it even better versus yeah. like just staying as what it was as a good defense. But overall, and I said this before too, with having a guy like Mike Edwards back there, I still feel very confident in the Bucks defense. If, if that's what they have to trot out for, you know, game one of the yeah. regular season on opening night. So sure. yeah, it's a concern with Whitehead, but I mean, that's why you build depth. That's why you draft these players and, and cultivate them and, and uh, have them grow in their career because uh, you know the Bucks are still stacked. So let's not yeah. uh, let's not panic. Right, no reason to panic there for sure. But something to definitely keep our eye on. We'll monitor White and we'll kind of give you all updates as we get them. We'll watch them closely on the sidelines, see what we think might be going on uh, with him as we watch it at camp. Even being down there tomorrow, looking forward to that. Be able to see what we can see. Robert Hainsey missed another practice. That's six straight for him. Yeah. I think at this point today was a big one to me to like see whether Hainsey will be able to play on Saturday. I don't know that he's out. Maybe he could be back tomorrow, and then maybe that's enough for them to play him a little bit. But my guess is he won't play Saturday. And the other part of this that's frustrating is Danelle Stanley also missed practice on Tuesday. And I know that might not seem like a big deal to people right now, but that's your second and third string centers. And yeah. it just affects things because if you get to the game on Saturday and your next, your second snapper, you don't want Brian Jensen to play more than a drive or two, right? So then your next snapper is John Molson, and he's be your fourth string center. And he has to snap the rest of the game. Well, how many snaps did he have on the ground today, Matt? Like at least three. He, yeah, I was going to say he had two or three. And it just um, kind of ruins everything for the rest of the offense. Right. Trying and to like he had been playing good. other positions too. And now they throw, threw him into that s- situation. I was actually thinking it, it almost reminded me of the beginning of this training camp. Again, at the safety position with Whitehead being out and Antoine Winfield Jr. had to miss a day and, and Raven Green was out. So you were very thin at safety. Mm-hmm. Now the Bucks are experiencing that on the offensive line with Stanley. out. I mean, who knows? Stanley could come back tomorrow. Sure. Hainsey, it's obviously been a trend now. He's been out for six days, and I don't know. It doesn't look like he's going to be back anytime soon. That could be, for the preseason, that could be a really big deal. I mean, you're talking about Motion, who's only been – this is his second year in the league. He was mostly a, a practice squad guy, and he was hurt last year too. So this isn't a guy that – had you know an insane amount of reps at center to begin with and now you're essentially asking him to play uh major snaps while protecting blaine gabbard who's going to be your number two guy and obviously he'll probably be in there for like griffin and guys like that too but um it's a little it's a little bit of a precarious situation that they're in there like right up the middle you know yeah Right, and it's just preseason, obviously, so we're not like – but it, for the preseason, you want to see guys on offense get a good look. And like today, how many plays were disrupted because Motion can't snap the ball that well? So that's what I mean. It's just yeah. like – Yeah, or on, even like, just like – even just something as simple as, as a blitz pickup, you know, yeah. moving him over into a different situation. And like, yeah, you'll have the running backs back there too. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a linebacker coming to the A-gap, you got to know your responsibility. Like, okay, if the running back's picking up that guy, who do yeah. I got to go to? And the fact that they just threw him in like that because they had no other choice. It's not like the Bucks would spring this on a guy like that mm-hmm. if they didn't have to. Right. But, that I mean, that's a very interesting thing that everyone's got to be watching for the preseason yeah. game on Saturday after the Kyle Trask and, and Joe Tryon show and everything yeah. like that. Right. And we'll, we'll obviously keep an eye out tomorrow and see if Stanley's back, see if Hainsey's back, and we'll kind of monitor things as we go from there. Uh, Tammy wants to know, how is Ryan Suckup today? And this is a good question to, to make sure we address because – Ryan Suckup has bounced back the last two days. I I say that with some trepidation because I fully believe that by basically naming a podcast after his struggles the other day, 
that was definitely the factor that reverse jinxed him and brought him back to where now, what he was he six of seven, I think the other day and today eight of eight. And then he made a 51 yarder yeah. in the team drive period. He made another shorter kick later. I don't think he missed it all at any point today. I mean, he was just dead on with everything he kicked. Yeah, I think Suckup may have heard the noise from this podcast, and uh, Bruce Arians obviously was it, it, like he said it the right way, where he's like, "Yeah, he's struggling right now, but I'm confident that you know he'll get right. it all ironed out or whatever he specifically said." Right. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure Suckup probably heard that a little bit, and mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, he's turned everything around. Um, I know Bucks fans, uh, just brings back a lot of bad memories when it, when it comes to, uh, kickers struggling, but you know, suck up changed that last season. And I, for one, am not ready to think that all of a sudden the magic's not there anymore mm-hmm. just because he had one or two bad practices. I mean, he showed it the last two days that he's good to go. I mean, he just hit a 51 yarder. Yeah. Granted, it's practice, and it seems like in the season too, the only ga- the only kicks that suck up misses are the ones that get blocked. So you know that's, that's not true. that's not really on him either. Like right. I was rewatching the um, I was rewatching the uh the Super Wild Card game against Washington, yeah, and I almost forgot the the Bucks scored their first touchdown, and then Suckup's extra point got blocked. Yeah, and you know to, that's how they started off yep. the the playoffs. So um. And then they remind me because Jamel Dean had the block kick in practice the other day when Suckup was kicking. Yeah, so, it's um, funny. I, it, that is it, something that that's something that that the Bucks definitely do need to clean up because it was an issue last season, yeah. and we saw it here in training camp. So they do have to clean that up. But Joe, Joe Hag was at fault for probably two of those blocks yeah. last year, and so just yeah. by addition by subtraction uh, with him leaving, obviously. Uh, Mark saying, thanks, John. I guess if you come to Tampa back in 2010, it would have saved us a lot of heartache over the years with kickers. Uh, no, I just think that, man, when, I just, I'm, I'm real superstitious when it comes to kicking. That's why I hate it when Scott would say good things about suck up on the pod last year for sure. But uh, we'll watch him. He'll be out in preseason. And Jose B, too, has done a great job as the other kicker. He's done, he's had a great camp, honestly. You know, I don't yeah. think there's any competition there but he's had a great camp and that's what you want from a guy that's going to be probably on your practice squad right with the with the contract that suck up got they're obviously not going to to cut him but yeah mm. i agree i mean we've we've seen in the in the covid era of football how important it is to have a a kicker on your practice squad in in case you know anything happens w- with that type of situation so yeah he i mean he's earned his spot he's going to get a a, a spot on the practice squad roster so honestly good for him and you know what who knows? The Saints are are down a kicker now, and certainly another team could end up losing a kicker for injury or for mm-hmm. whatever reason. So, I mean, this is a tryout not just to make the Bucks practice squad, but this is a tryout to play for another team and potentially yep. be on the on the main roster. Yeah, for sure. This is this is a good opportunity for Jose B. You know, he'll probably be protected, and but. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah, it's a good opportunity for him if he can get to the practice squad to prove himself with the Bucks. But he, he, yeah, there's in that process of being placed on waivers, and so, or uh, sorry, not waivers, uh, being released. And so, yeah, there's mm-hmm. going to be opportunity for. Oh, it is waivers. I can't even remember now. I always forget the cut rules. It's wait. It's everybody on waivers after camp, right? Yeah, I everybody's so. on waivers after camp. That's right. Then the rest of the year, it's right. just yeah, you could take time. someone from anyone else's practice squad, right? Unless. Until they get protected, if they right. get yes, through like, waivers and then get yeah. put on the box, then squad. yeah, you can protect like a couple guys. So they would always protect their kicker and like you know a quarterback right. and a corner or something like that. Okay, 
Got it. All right. Sounds good. So Ryan Suckup, uh, Jose B also doing well so far in camp. Let's hope the preseason shows more of the same for those guys because I think the Bucks are probably going to need them. Well, at least at least suck up. Hopefully not Jose B. No offense, Jose B. Hey, speaking of things we all need, we all need insurance. That's Whether right. It's life, homeowners, auto, or even commercial insurance. Briar and Sam Greaves and their staff are the best in the Bay Area and big box fans. It will literally take you 10 minutes to get a quote or compare your current policy, and that 10 minutes could turn into hundreds of dollars in savings. Don't wait. Call Briar Greaves today at 813-476-8766 I'm sorry, 813-876-4166 and find out how much money you can put back in your pocket. 30 years in the business and buck season ticket holders. Call Briar or Sam today, 813-876-4166. All you got to do is pick up the phone, give them a call, tell them Pewter Report sent you, at, see if they can save you some money. If they can, great. If they can't, no harm, no foul. Nothing's wrong. You had a great conversation with some other Bucks fans to see if you could save some money. Not a big deal. So make sure you call Briar and Sam, 813-876-4166 today. Okay, so Ryan Suckups, uh, looks like he's bounced back. Praise for that. We'll see how things go in the game. Uh, the one-on-ones today between O-line and D-line were a clear indication of quite a few things. One is that Rakeem Nunes Roaches is the biggest trash talker on this team. I don't think it's even close for second place. But l- moving up toward the leaders in the clubhouse for trash talk, Matt, is becoming Nick Leverett. And I talked to you about this today a little bit on the sideline. I love trying to see what I can glean on the psychology of players, body language, tone, yeah. how their gestures in the group settings how vocal they are, all those kinds of things. I think it's an indicator. I'm a big believer that that's indicate, an indication of not only how that comfortable that player feels in their certain role, but also how the other players around them feel about him um, in, in this setting. And so watching Nick Leverett in these settings has been pretty impressive. Like I know he's kind of fighting for the ninth O-line spot, but you could hear Jensen talk about him and Kappa talk about him, and they yeah. love, they liked him. They liked him from the moment he came in. They like his demeanor, they like his work ethic, they like his physicality, his competitiveness. Arians praised him today after practice. The way he conducts himself, you can just tell. Like he's he chalks trash after every play. He chased Antonio Hamilton like on that uh, outside zone run. <laughs> he chased excuse me, he chased him like all the way to the boundary. Like he just gets after people from start to finish throughout the practice. Um, he is, that's just kind of uh, something that I think the Bucks really value in offensive linemen. Their draft picks have shown that. Their free agency acquisitions have shown that when it comes to Ryan Jensen. He's the kind of vocal energy. And then when you saw in the one-on-ones, it was more of the same. Like in the one-on-ones, it was the same kind of stuff. I mean, he was he was dominant uh, in, in every day we've had one-on-ones, really. Like Shaq Barrett, it hasn't mattered who he's gone up against. He's done really, really well. Today, though, he finished off one-on-ones by planting, pancaking Jason Pierre-Paul. And then Pierre-Paul won. Then he leaned over Pierre-Paul while Pierre-Paul was on the ground. Oh, and, no. Did he almost do like the, the oh, Iverson step over of uh, oh, Tyron Lue? It was the O-line version of that where he was like <laughs> trash-talking grill to grill in his face. And then... Then honestly, it was it was kind of like the next JVP was like, of course, I want to run it back. Yeah. And then they kind of like let him break for a second and then they, they ran it back. And Lever just took him and, and he, JPP tried to like j- outside jab step and cross his face. And Lever just anticipated it, dude. And just 
as soon as JPP tried to do it, he just grabbed him and threw him straight on the ground, like straight on his back. And that's it was after, dominant reps. And that's after JPP, I believe he beat it. You were over there, but he beat a starter, right? Like he either beat Kappa or um, maybe it was Jensen. I don't, I don't remember who JPP went up against. But J- JPP went up against uh, Kappa twice today and beat yeah. him both times. First time I've seen Kappa lose uh, in one-on-ones during this training camp. Uh, JPP on the inside is, again, really tough. Um, the first one, Kappa got a great punch. And JPP kind of slithered by him late. The second one was clean. I mean, he he had the yeah. rocker step, got Capita lean, and then crossed his face. Just not going to face too many guys on the interior as quick as JPP. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, – I mean, Shaq Barrett tried rush inside. That's not really his game, but uh, Ali Marpet put the clamps on him. Uh, Ali Marpet, by the way, we haven't even talked about this guy. In, I don't think we've mentioned him one time on the podcast. He is just utterly dominant in everything that he does. I mean – one on ones, it's not even a con- he doesn't even get moved, dude. Like, not even a question. <laughs> Golston tries to beat him today, and it's just like nothing, like, completely shuts him down. Yeah, Ali had a big play as well early in 11 on 11s. Pretty much the first drill that they did with 11 on 11, it was like strictly a run period for the most part, and then they kind of bounced everything out. So in the run session, like the defense knows what they're looking for, and they pretty much know it's going to be a run play, which is why they got burned on the two play action passes yep. that they did. But uh, one of the successful run plays that the Bucks had is they handed off to Giovanni Bernard, and he instantly went out the outside. Mm-hmm. And Donovan Smith did a great job of like sealing off the edge, so there was that room for Bernard. And Ali also pulled on the play. And was pretty much like the convoy for mm-hmm. for Bernard to get all the way downfield. It, it was a pretty long game. Yep. Um, that's great to hear, though, about Nick Leverett because, I mean, he's been having really good camp, but the start of today's camp was not the best for him because he was playing over at yes. uh, at tackle and went up against Joe Tryon, who Joe Tryon gave him the work a, a little bit, yeah, t- who had a dominant day. Mm-hmm. But I think that speaks a lot. That okay, yeah, maybe he struggled early on. But yep. the fact that he came back, beat a You're guy right. like JPP, who mm-hmm. JPP also had an awesome day. He had two pass breakups, and he did a kip-up. For those who don't know what a kip-up is, it's pretty much like when you're lying on the ground. On and your back? You, yeah, on your back, and you jump up like without using like your hands or anything mm-hmm. like that. And you just use your, your momentum and your body to jump up and land on your feet. A yeah. lot of wrestlers do it, most notably Shawn Michaels and uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, so you could look up videos of that. You can mm-hmm. see that. But for JPP to do it, who's wearing like all football pads and everything too, was insane. Yeah, but um, I mean, he's a big dude to be doing something like that. But he JPP's had a great camp. Honestly, he's he's been way more impressive than Shaq Barrett in camp. To be honest, yes. I, again, I'm probably never. I'm probably not going to be concerned about Shaq Barrett at all until regular season games start because. I know what I'm getting from the dude. It's not like OJ Howard where like I'm still, even though I've been coming fan, off an injury, coming yeah. off an injury. There's always been some up and down. Anytime he struggles or doesn't stand out, I'm like, all right, here we go. But Jack Barrett is about as consistent. You know, he just brings it all the time. That's, you know, he, I'm not saying that there aren't stretches where he faces a guy that he can't beat and he's got some limitations physically, athletically, obviously, you know, but having said all that, JPP's had a great camp and he's, he's beaten Donovan Smith a ton in one-on-ones. Uh, Smith has done fine in, in the team periods. I think one-on-ones are never probably going to be his strength. <laughs> He's never done well, I think, in one-on-ones. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, I think JPP's had a great camp. But, man, Leverett putting him down a couple times was impressive. The other thing that was really impressive was Aaron Stinney has kind of – it's always back and forth with him in one-on-ones. Um, you know, he's kind of in that other tier of guys that kind of is competitive. The Leverett tier kind of wells that are competitive. They win some, they lose some. 
Um, they compete every time. But Stinney, you know, he 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 got kind of embarrassed by Nacho in the first round. I and mean, Nacho's not a pass rusher like at all. Right. And Nacho, I think, surprised himself, to be honest with you. He hit like a, <laughs> a leaping cross chop, which is a tough move to pull off, and you kind of have to time it perfectly. Otherwise, you could get planted. And Stinney just was not expecting it at all. And he got in clean, like leaping cross, knocked Stinney's hands down, and it was like clean. It was an immediate impressive highlight real type win and nacho went nuts dude screaming like did of you course. get that on film like to the box but do you get that on oh, tape like, better you know and of course the next rep stinny's run it back run it back run it back yeah and the o-line like they start getting riled up with the d-line d-line was hooting and hauling going crazy then or then uh hot um uh stinny comes in and stinny just stones him dude i mean Nacho didn't move. He tried to bull rush him, and Nacho didn't move. Stanley just put the absolute mm. clamps on him. Looked like Marpet. I mean, it was just a dominant rep. And then Leverett kind of lost it and like jumped in between Stanley and Nacho. Was like all in Nacho's face and was like, "You know, did you get that on tape? Did yeah. you get that on tape? Like, we got that on tape." And like yeah. he was like yelling at him, and it was just a fun exchange. And then Nacho, of course, the coaches are like, "All right, round three, round three, round three. We got to see." Because it was dominant both ways, the first yeah. two. The second one was a little more of a stalemate. He knocked Stinney back a little bit, but Stinney definitely anchored down and won the rep. Mm. Um, and so then Nell Leverett was losing it, and Stinney was losing it. And <laughs> they were all hyping up uh, Nacho. And so it was good, good competitive fire, but that's what you need in those practices. If there's a reason Nacho's still on this team, it's because he breeds that type of competitive spirit out of the guys. So I don't know what the ceiling's ever going to be. Oh, I know what the ceiling's ever going to be for Nacho. It's not going to be high, but you know, he, he brings that element to practice. He, he brings it out of the guys, the best out of everybody. And, and they need that competitive fire. Yeah. I think we actually saw a lot of surprise pass rushing today from guys that like, you don't really expect to be a top pass rusher. Like I know Khalil Davis was in the mix a lot and you know, he's only a second year player. So we're not really, we don't, he had really, a sack. He had a would be sack. Today, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're still figuring out what type of, you know, defensive lineman he can be, but I think going in, he was better at stopping the run before he really, you know, is developing a, a passing, a pass rushing game, which, which is what he's trying to do now. So it was good to see him in the backfield. Uh, Pat O'Connor was in on a play where maybe you could give the sack to him. Maybe you could give it to Joe Tryon, but he was definitely like back there on a play. And then he also had a, he had a pass breakup of his own. The, mm-hmm. yeah, the Bucks defensive line had three pass breakups, two from JPP and one Pat, o, one from Pat O'Connor. So it was good to see guys that you don't normally see in the backfield there making plays and that's what training camp is all about is uh is proving yourself when uh when the doubters don't think you can right and wow that was really inspirational that just came out of nowhere and this is what it's all about right here do it when the doubters are i love it yeah it's great stuff hey you know what else is great stuff living golf life i don't know if you noticed this oh yeah you notice this sweet hat i'm donning here it's I, an I, awesome know. hat i love it the logo's great with the with the golf ball as yeah. the o I got the living golf life yes. glass right here. They got right. all of their, they right got their social me. media and everything on the back right there. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we're super excited to have living golf life. I'll show the mug one last time mm-hmm. to have living golf life uh, as a sponsor on the Peter report podcast. Let me just tell you about them real quick. Um, living golf life is a golf brand, but they're also a lifestyle brand. They're for the everyday mm-hmm. golfer. They were founded by Jim Elsith and Mike Bush. They have, they both have a awesome uh, guys who were down at Bucks. Yeah, practice so today, they, by the way. they were they were at Bucks training camp today, which mm-hmm. was awesome because I was walking. I got there. I'm walking down the sideline. I'm starting to look for like, okay, who's in practice? Who's out of practice? And I hear Matt, Matt, Matt. 
And I get that from time to time because we have some awesome yeah. Pewter Report. Because you're a celebrity. It's okay. <laughs> so I'm looking around, and I, I thought I had an idea of, like, who it was. And then I saw them. I'm like, oh, like, what's going on? It, it was yeah. great to chat with them. They were super fired up. They were asking us about – um. You know certain you know certain guys that yeah. they should be looking for that maybe not everyone is expecting. So had a great conversation with them. But yeah, they're huge Bucks fans. Uh, they come from military background and uh, being a first responder as well too, which is awesome. And like I said, living golf life is all about just you know the lifestyle brand of mm-hmm. being the everyday golfer. You know, you don't have to be Brooks Kepka or Justin Thomas. The main thing with golf is just being outside with your friends, with your family, swinging, hitting the ball, just having a good time. Whether you have one good shot on the day or maybe you birdie a couple holes and have an awesome time. It doesn't matter what type of caliber player you are. It's just about having fun. Um, their merchandise is great. I can't wait to get some new swag with the some polos. We'll be yeah, rocking with the some polos new polos that they just the came ball, out yeah. with. They got polos. Yeah. They got hats. They got glasses like I just showed you. Uh, koozies. koozies. I'm yeah. a big koozie guy. Anytime I go out, I'm usually rocking a koozie if I'm having a drink. They got um, decals as well. You could put on your car. So make sure you go to livinggolflife.com. Uh, they got all their merchandise there. Go to their Instagram page at livinggolflife. They're always posting awesome stuff. Uh, make sure you give them a follow because that helps us here mm-hmm. at Peter Report. They're always doing giveaways. Caption this, caption that, things like that. And, um, you know, if you're out on the golf course, yeah, Christopher Cole, if you're out on the golf course, make sure you tag them. Living yeah. Golf Life. It's a lifestyle brand. Tag mm-hmm. us in it. Right. Even if, you're not gonna, even if you're not going to buy anything, just hit them up when you're playing golf. These guys yeah. love to hear from everybody. They love to know people are checking out their stuff and they're out there golfing, honestly. But, yeah, if you were looking for gifts, you're looking for gifts for yourself to ask for or for other people uh, out on the golf course. They do have some awesome. I love the designs. I love the color yeah. scheme. I love it all. So I think it's really good. If stuff, you buy so. Living Golf Life merch, you show us, tag us at Peter Report. I'll play around the golf with you, or we can go there to the driving go. range, whatever. You can, ask, you can ask me all the box questions you want. Wow. Celeb golf living, outing with yeah. Matera. Living golf big. life. Yeah. This is huge. Whatever you guys want. Wow. This is a big opportunity. I love golfing. Report, I, I'm, not the, I'm not the best golfer, but I love being out there swinging away, hitting off the tee. I hope people are going to be able to focus on the golf game with, out there with you. Big <laughs> status, getting highs at Bucks training camp, all kinds of stuff. Um, all right, so what else do we need to touch on today during camp? I mean, Antonio Brown's been unbelievable. Like I, I know we keep saying it every day. I don't know no, what to say. I, Has he dropped like, a pass in training camp? Has no. he done anything wrong in training camp? He one-handed dude, touchdown in the back yeah, of the well, end zone. That's what I was going to say. Like, he had the one-handed touchdown, which was insane. I mean, he's looking like. Vintage AB. I, yeah. I I don't want to say it too loud because one. I, I, wish, I, I hope I, Bucks fans know. Like we're yeah. not playing. Like he, I know. I'm really. I'm really not messing. I shouldn't say just me. Like we're all. We're not yeah. messing around. And I hate to be repetitive about like AB's looking great and Joe Tryon dominated again. Mm-hmm. But these guys are the ones that are the best players on the field right now. So we can't help but not talk about them. When yep. they're the ones showing up every single play. Right. And we'll tell you when guys are struggling. I mean, Jalen Darden has not that he struggled, but it hasn't been as loud a lot. He's slowed down. He's yeah. he's cooled off from you know the right. electric start. That doesn't mean right. that he's not doing well. He's just cooled off a little bit. Right. Right. Leonard and, Fournette, and, yeah, Leonard Fournette's been a guy that's been up and down. You know, he had a great yeah. play on a wheel route when he went down the field. Brady hit him right in the breadbasket, but then he also missed some blocks in, in pass protection. And he we did. know how Bruce Arians, that's like a huge thing for him. So I think Leonard Fournette is a guy that's 
kind of been up and down. Mm-hmm. Shaq Barrett, you mentioned before, you know, not everyone you is know, like playing I mean, perfectly. But. Again, I'll just I like Rob Gronkowski hasn't done like anything in camp. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, not that he needs to. It's a different story than some of these other guys that, you know, but he hasn't done anything. I mean, like a couple of red zone touchdowns underneath, you know, but he's dropped a few balls, hasn't made any real crazy catches in the last week and a half or though. I mean, I didn't yeah. miss, I wasn't here for the first week, maybe, but yeah, it's just been really quiet for him. It's he made really a nice sideline catch. Yeah, he made a nice sideline catch, but yeah. yeah, I mean, some guys you're not worried about Bay or Sue or Gronk really, like or Barrett either, you know. But yeah, guys like OJ Howard, Leonard Fournette when they struggle, yeah, like I think those that's notable. Like that we those guys need to be playing better football um, for sure uh, by the time that the season starts. And so there's still a lot to look out for, and we're trying to be honest about everybody. You know, I think Mike Evans had a, had a better day today, bounce back day. He's somebody that also isn't probably always a practice player. He'll make some highlight real grabs, will drop some passes. Uh, we've said it before, but. Every time that there's any physical interaction in the practice, like, you know, if he gets bumped by a corner, falls down in a route, he he gets up and you think he's going on IR. Like, just his body language. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, my body. Like, oh, right. you know, that's just kind of how Mike Evans is at practice. And you, like, freak out for a second. You're right. He's like, oh, get up, get up, get up. Meanwhile, get up. AB, like, like, AB okay. doesn't do, like, anything. You know, he's just, like, all yeah. over the place. And then he's screaming because he scores yeah. a touchdown. And like, Chris like, there to celebrate. Go. Another rep. Here we go. <laughs> it's just big difference in their body language. So anyway, but uh, yeah, I think that for the most part, honestly, and I'm kind of writing about this in tomorrow's uh, Bucks briefing, I don't think it's been a great training camp for the Bucks tight ends. They have a great tight end room. There's obviously some asterisks in there because Cam Brait is not played. He was back today, but just yeah. really an individual period. I don't think he played any in team. Yeah, um, essentially. And so I don't think it's been like a dominant training camp for Bucks tight ends. And I'll explain more about that in Bucks briefing. But one point I'll make today was I did not expect to go into the post-practice media availability and Tanner Hudson catch a stray from Bruce Arians yeah. today. I don't even know what prompted it. He did have a nice fade ball catch over Chris well, Cooper yeah, in the so end zone. That I want to bring up real quick because Tanner Hudson, as we all know, is a receiving tight end. I thought he had a solid yeah. day as far as a receiver goes. But yeah, that was an awesome play. It was in a, a red zone setting where Kyle Trask was at quarterback and he hasn't gotten too many reps, but this is a nice play for everyone involved because Trask threw a nice ball to the corner of the end zone. Mm -hmm. It was high, but it was in a spot where like Hudson had to make the play because if it was just a a regular thrown ball, it would have got knocked away. Hudson jumped up, made the reception, came down with it inbounds. It was an awesome Mm -hmm. play there. And then also um, Chris Cooper was the player in coverage there and he had solid coverage. It was just a really good athletic play by Hudson. So I thought, Overall, like it was, it was just like a, a nice football play. Yeah. Let's see. And um, then after practice, Hudson got absolutely savaged by his head coach. As yeah. Hudson, so he was Hudson, asked about him, and yeah. It so, was kinda, sorry. No, it's just like uh, it was just like uh, yeah. He just has to block somebody, anybody, somebody, anybody. He was just like you know, I we've talked about his hands. I know he can catch, but it's not consistent. And then he was asked point blank by Jenna Lane of ESPN whether Tanner Hudson has progressed at all as a blocker over his time as a Buccaneer. And Bruce Aaron said he's regressed. And that, that was, was it. He, <laughs> that was it was it? two words. He's regressed. Next question. He didn't say next question, but he was ready to move on. <laughs> it was, it was question. that, it was that type of, yeah, he's regressed. Yeah. Like, and, and the thing with the thing with Hudson is like, Aaron has said this before last season. He's like, he's a good player. He's a good receiver. Mm-hmm. But he needs to block. Like that's how he's going to make the Especially team. in this offense. Yeah. And yeah. And that's why we saw him on the practice squad for a while before they called him up 
to uh, to the main roster. So for Arians to say like, oh, we need him to block better, it doesn't really come as a shock. It's the fact that he said that he's regressed or the fact that Arians was willing to say that in the public mm-hmm. to the media. I think that is more of the shock to just say, mm-hmm. yeah, he's gotten worse. You know, you don't really hear a coach a lot say, yeah, this player, he's he's gotten worse at this at this particular trait or skill or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. You don't see that too much. So that was definitely a red flag there. Um, and it's something like Tanner Hudson has worked on in the past when he's, you know, been spoken to or had an interview here and, and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's not anything that Hudson doesn't know about, but the fact that that's the number one thing that Arians wants to focus on, that doesn't bode well when you got other guys like Jarrell Adams and, and Cody McElroy that are certainly the you know, but the they can't block either. The you well, think they're better? I don't know. They don't block either. I feel like maybe Adams a little bit has gotten better, but maybe better Adams. than Hudson. Yeah, maybe Adams has more of a chance than we're giving him. Then you know, preseason is going to be telling. I'm actually kind of writing about this for Bucks briefing tomorrow too. I'll have ten key training camp observations so far from the first well, almost three weeks of training camp. Um, I'll have that up to, tomorrow at uh, early, early, bright and early tomorrow morning um, mm-hmm. on PeterReport.com, but. One of the things I'm talking about is offensively. The, I mean, we're going to go into preseason, and yeah, there'll be things to watch. And if injuries happen, obviously it could get interesting. But the roster is pretty much set on offense. I mean, the, the decision is seven yeah. wide receivers or four tight ends uh, or both. Uh, if it's both, okay, then then that's that's a possibility. But, yeah, it's – I mean, the roster's kind of set on offense, I think. If Leverett really has this ninth spot, you know, I wouldn't say he's a lock, but I feel good about it. I feel confident about it. Um you, you know what's happening to running back. You know what's happening to quarterback. Um, I think the only question is seven wide receivers, assuming that's Jaden Mickens is the seventh guy if they keep him. Four tight ends is it Tanner Hudson? It was last year. Will it still be? Will it be Jarrell Adams? Is you know? Yeah. So I mean, I'm not saying it's not going to be Tanner Hudson either. It's right. Just when but, your coach says something like that, it's oh for sure absolutely. concerning. Right. And so maybe Bruce Arians added a little layer of intrigue to the offensive side of things in terms of roster battles uh, that we'll have to watch for the rest of the, the preseason. I personally do not think Jarrell Adams has stood out in practices. I mean, you I know, were hyping up, you were hyping up uh, Hampton today. Well, yeah, <laughs> I was just saying, you know, Daquan Hampton, who is obviously not going to make this team at all. Um, he probably can't block either because he's a converted wide out. And I've never, I don't think yeah. he's really played. He's never played tight end in an NFL game for sure. Um, he is a really good athlete. He's not just like a testing athlete, just watching him move and cut and he's filled out his frame. He has size and athleticism. I don't know. I mean, you'd have to know what kind of dude you were, he was and what kind of physicality he has in terms of trench stuff for this offense. You know, if you can't block as a tight end or don't even want to, or, or don't project to, there's not much point in you staying around, I think. And so, but I don't think it'll be in Tampa, but I would be curious to see what happens with Daquan Hampton because he really, he can move. There's no question about it. I just don't know if he can catch because he hardly ever gets any team reps. <laughs> we don't ne- we don't see him in team ever because they have like 18 tight yeah. ends. I remember so. when he he did have like one team play. And you're like, hey, like yeah, Hampton got a rep. Ball behind him. He had a chance to make a tough catch. He didn't. So yeah. I was like, All right, that's why he's not playing. <laughs> so. uh, John, one other backup player that I do I do want to mention because he had a pretty big day. And uh, this is another corner that goes into the category of he'll make plays, but then he'll also get extremely burned on plays. But as far as making good plays today was was Nate Brooks. Um, in seven on seven, he picked off Tom Brady, which is not easy to do, especially in a seven on seven mm. setting. Um, he was guarding Chris Godwin pretty much in the flats and was 
close. He was on him the whole time. So I was, I was even very surprised that Brady threw the ball, but you know, he threw it his way and Brooks made the interception and took it the other way. Godwin was chasing after him too. So I like to see the effort from Godwin there. Just not giving up on the play, yeah. even though, uh, you know, obviously Bruce Aarons does not want him to tackle someone in, in right. training camp. Um, so Brooks made that play. And then later on, he forced a fumble on Travis Johnson right. after Underneath. Travis Johnson. Yep. Yeah. Made the catch and then tried to make a move. And he was right there to, uh, mm-hmm. to strip the ball out. Okay. And then on the next play, he made a diving pass breakup down the right side of the field. So um, some good plays by Nate Brooks. I think him and uh, honestly, a lot of the, the backup guys in the secondary, mm-hmm. D Delaney made a play. Antonio Hampton has been making a lot of plays. D Delaney had a, a third down pass break. A clutch Darden, play. Right? Yeah, yeah a, a clutch play. play where he dove and he forced them to kick the field goal, which was mm-hmm. the 51 the yard field goal that Suckup had. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the with the backup guys in the secondary, and they're pretty much all fighting for one spot as well, too, maybe two, depending on obviously mm-hmm. what they want to do with the roster. Um, but like I said, we've seen guys with, with, really great plays, intercepting the ball, turning the ball over. And we've seen them get beat deep, whether it's by starters or the backup guys too. So the preseason will be fun to watch where, Mm -hmm. which type of guys do we get? Like, do we see them get burned in the games too? Or is it just because the bucks are extremely talented at the wide receiver position? Do Mm -hmm. we see them continue getting these turnovers that we've also seen them make in training camp? We won't know until the games go down, but I think that's a, that's a very fun uh, aspect that uh, you know for these depth guys again with the defense it's like you know who's going to be on the team for the most part but that's one little spot where hey these guys can really separate themselves with special teams and making the splash plays in this training camp that I think you got to pay attention to there's going to be a lot of splash plays this season for the Bucks, Matt and yep. if you want a chance to be able to see them up close and personal especially when this team goes on the road you got to go to loosecannonstravel.com Cannons Crew has done some fun stuff, Matt. They have put together travel packages for Bucks fans to go to away games for remarkably low prices and get a full weekend vacation type experience. Look at this. This is for the LA Rams game. Mm-hmm. Let me take this banner off here so the people can see it even a little bit more clearly. But you at this, you get the hotel stay, Friday night party, Saturday night pep rally, Sunday catered tailgate, and a ticket to the game. If you get four people to go on this with you. It's $1,050 per person. That is an unbelievable deal. That's, a, that's an insane weekend. deal. That, Think that about, is, that is so awesome. I don't know how they did this. I really don't. I don't I, know honestly, I was kind of thinking that too. Like, how are they making money on this? Yeah, but like, I, it's I an, don't know. It's a sick deal. Like, everything that, like, pretty much everything is included, right? Except for. Yes. Except, Except for the for, flight itself, right? If you need a flight, some people live in what well, some of these are for. This one's the LA one, right? I know but some like people Atlanta, do live in LA, but like New Orleans, Atlanta, yeah, these are ones you could drive yeah. to. So you get yourself there, and everything else is included in this cost. So I mean, it's pretty unbelievable. Their meals, and these are VIP parties too. We're not yeah. talking about going to local bars. These are VIP parties. There's going to be special guests there. They already have confirmations from a bunch of people. That'll be revealed as we get closer to these actual events. Uh, but this is the kind of opportunity that they're giving you here to be able to go to these games. Look, if you've ever said, I want to I want to do this. I want to go to a Bucks away game, make a weekend of it, have a great time. Just do it this year, man. There's never going to be a yeah. better Bucks team. Like This is it. Convince, like, convince one of your friends to go, and then you're just yeah. going with a ton of other Bucks fans too. Right. I mean, the loose cannon podcast those guys they're all awesome and mm-hmm. they have a very fun time hanging out with them i, I bet uh, especially before 
uh, before an important Bucks game, whether yeah. it's the Rams or two divisional games going right. on. I mean, so they've got the Rams game, the Saints game, the yeah. Falcons game, all those ro- three of those road games they've got packages for. Go to loosecannonstravel.com if you go over there and visit. Uh, that website, you'll be able to look into a little more detail about all of these travel packages. But hey, if you th- if you thought about this at all, doing this, you got to do it this season, man. I mean, this could be a special season. We yeah. watch this team every day in practice. It could be a special season, so you got to take that chance and try and hit up one of these road games. LooseCannonsTravel.com. They put together an awesome opportunity for Bucks fans for this season. Um, all right, so to close out this podcast, Matt, let's just preview kind of what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of days. We are going to be talking winners and losers on the podcast tomorrow because training camp will be not over, obviously, but the pre-preseason por- portion of training camp will be wrapping up, and that's kind of like the most where we where we've gleaned the most information from training camp. Because Correct. next there'll be the game, and then there'll be a day. Oh, there's a couple of days off after tomorrow's practice, and then there'll be a game. There'll be another day off, and you come back and you ease back into it. And there's another game, and so the the rigorous practices kind of come to a little bit more of a close. They'll probably start seeing more practices with <clears throat> um, with um, just clothes on, not no no pads on or anything like that. Unpadded practices. You'll probably see a couple of those make a return next week. So. This is kind of – I'm not going to say their observations are done because they're not. There's a lot to observe still, but a lot of it's yes. going to be in the games. You're going to be able to see that with us. So we're going to give you training camp winners and losers tomorrow. And then on Thursday's podcast, we'll talk about players that we are going to have our eyes on. Now, five to ten or whatever, we'll pick up between the uh, between the two of us or whoever's on the podcast now, on Thursday, and we'll pick five players kind of that we're looking to watch uh, for Saturday's game that we think need to have – some ball out impressive performances. So that's kind of what you have to look forward to on the show the rest of the week. Do not forget Saturday at seven 30 is the game. After the game, we've got our press conference availability with Bruce Arians. I don't know if it's going to be on zoom or not. The NFL doesn't tell us anything until the minute before <laughs> these things happen. Uh, but whatever it is, we're going to do that. And then we jump on the podcast. And so there will be a post game podcast to break down everything, answer your questions. Do not miss that. And if you have friends that are box fans, Tell him we met some people today down the same Joe. Joe introduced himself yeah. to us down uh, the he was awesome. Yeah, down, by the way, if you're a Bucks fan and you're down at these practices, please, during a special team yes, period or during yeah, one of the warm-up periods at the beginning of practices, if you see Matt or myself or Scott or JC uh, uh, somewhere around the side, like you grab us and say hi and and, and say what's up to us. Yeah, we uh, love talking to you guys. Yeah. We, Absolutely. I mean, spend a couple minutes chatting. Uh, yep. Have some great conversations with fans during this training yep. camp, and I yep. want that to continue. Right. So let us know if you, if, if you got some observations, let us know what those are obviously, but um, yeah. And then, so as it pertains to Saturday, spread the word, tell your friends and family, the po- Peter report post game podcasts are back. You know, if you were a part of those last year that they were always popping wins or losses, but yeah. these, the wins and losses don't matter in preseason, the performance is doing. So we'll be breaking down all of that, taking all your questions, offering our thoughts and analysis on everything that happens on Saturday. Going to be a fun time, so make sure you stick around for that post-game podcast. Not a set time for it, but it'll be probably about 45 minutes or so after the game ends. We have to get our stories up and our pressers uh, done and all that kind of podcast to kind of wrap things up with you all. So till tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern, thanks once again so much for listening to another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Happy birthday to my best friend, Steve Mahoney. I hope the Mets win tonight when you're at the game. Out.